This is State Representative Michael Morin. Honesty and integrity go hand in hand. You cannot have integrity without being honest. The characteristics that I see in John Brian are exactly those, plus sincerity. And John is a hard worker with strong moral principles working hard for the city of Woonsocket. Too many times people tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. Honesty and integrity are what you will get with John as our next mayor, a person who tells you how he feels and what he thinks, and he wants only what's best for the city of Woonsocket. Please join me in casting your vote this election for John Brian as our next mayor. A vote for John Brian is one that promotes leadership, vision, and integrity. Paid for Friends of John Brian. This is City Councilman John Ward. Having returned to the City Council in 2018, one of my highest priorities was working with all of my council colleagues to protect the city taxpayers through careful analysis of our budgets and to continue to lower taxes for businesses and homeowners. We also worked together to find new and innovative ways to save the city money and find new sources of revenue. John Brian has been a big part of those efforts. He helped develop budget amendments to bring our taxes even lower than the mayor proposed, focusing on the reduction of our commercial tax rate to help our local businesses and bring new business into the city. John has chaired the Renewable Energy Subcommittee to find ways to save money and add revenue at the same time while working to increase the city's use of renewable energy. John's commitment to sound fiscal policies and innovative programs to reduce costs while increasing revenue are part of the reason I can support John Brian and urge the voters of Woonsocket to elect John Brian to be our mayor of Woonsocket. Paid for, friends of John Brian. All right, thank you. So there it is, uh, three, uh, three announcements. One, Bob Phillips uh, supporting the candidacy of, uh, of John Brian, and, and then we had, um, we had Mike Morin doing it, uh, and then we had John Ward doing it. And so my first question to John Brian is, did you have to pay these guys to um, make these endorsements, or uh, did they do it voluntarily? No, uh, thank you, Roger. And, and, Isn't that a nice way to introduce Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Roger. And, and thank you, listeners, for being here on this um, dare I say, and, and I hate to say, a snowy Monday morning. I mean, this is unbelievable. Um, this is not optimum walking weather, by the way. The, the, the last couple of days have been, my, my door-to-door campaigning has certainly been hampered by this weather, Roger. You cannot let this Friday weather interfere with your walking. You've got to get out there anyway. <laughs> Friday weather. Wait a minute. What? It's it. What? Today is Friday. Yes, oh my God! I thought Friday. it was Monday. See, <laughs> I really can't. I thought it was Monday for a minute. I really can't. I can't even keep the day. Today straight. is Friday. Yeah. Thank you. I every, think it is. Yeah. Every day is uh, is Groundhog Day, so I forget what the days are. But yes, this Friday, this snowy Friday. Um, Roger, I didn't have to pay those guys to uh, to do that. In fact, um, they approached me, and I and I I couldn't be prouder of that. The 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 support that has come out for me uh, looking for a change this coming Tuesday. And by the way, the change that's happening today and has been happening uh, at City Hall with the early voting. The early voting has been incredibly brisk, I should mind you. So, um, and that is certainly something that's available to people to vote at City Hall between 8.30 and 4.30 every day. Uh, Roger, the support that I've gotten from um, from the other elected leaders in the city, I think, is emblematic of the campaign that uh, we've been able to run uh, over the course of this summer and, and this fall. And that is to say, um, with with the, the the core values of leadership, vision, and integrity, leadership is about collaboration, and leadership is about being able to work with. Um, and even acknowledge that there are other elected leaders here in the city of Woonsocket and understanding that being mayor, yes, you're mayor, you've been given the job uh, by the people of Woonsocket to, to be the leader of the city, uh, but you are just one part of, of the whole and there are so many other important parts that need to be considered. It's, it's, uh, it's nobody's city, it's our city. And, um, and I think the, the, the mayor just plays one role. You've got uh, the city council, which are seven members, and four of which have uh, come out, uh, four incumbents have come out in support of me and, and I of them, and that being um, Councilman uh, Knoyer and Gendron and Councilwoman Sierra and Councilman Ward. And obviously you just heard from Councilman Ward. Um, the members of the school committee certainly uh, Chairman Bourget and, and uh, school committee man uh, Don Burke have been very supportive of me, and I appreciate that. And, and, and I won't speak for, for Lynn Kapiskis-Bouvier, but she's 
been very supportive of me as well. Um, and then you've got the General Assembly members, and you've got three senators, uh, three representatives and two senators. And two of the three representatives have come out in support of me, which I think says a lot. It, it's, an, it's important. You have to have that relationship. And I think it speaks to their relationship um, that has occurred uh, with this current mayor. And the third, uh, the funny thing is, uh, funny story about Steve Casey is that uh, people would think that I would have some kind, I think people would, might think that I would have like a natural aversion to Steve only because um, back in 2012, uh, he beat me and he beat me by uh, 50 votes in the primary. And, and, um, and then I so stupidly ran a ill-fated writing campaign, which is, is one of probably one of my larger regrets that, you know, that, that I can look back on. I mean, you know, sometimes in life you can look oh, back. Oh, you make mistakes? Yeah. Sometimes you look back in life, you say, man, I've done some dumb things. And that was a dumb thing. Um, but, you know, I, the last election cycle, I don't get a chance to see Steve that much. And we don't really run in the same social circles. But, you know, when I see him, we're always, we're always very pleasant to each other. Um, but I said to him last election, uh, and and he was surprised. I, I walked up to him. And I said, "Look, I want to thank you," uh, and and he said, "For what?" And I said, "I never got a chance to thank you for beating me back in 2012. It was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life, and um, and it was because it allowed me to uh, reflect and reprioritize and um, return to the person I am and who I always was. And I think that." Um, that got away from me during those years and to come back from that i needed that spark and i think just being removed involuntarily from the state house was was a good thing for for me and i thank steve so i don't have any aversion to steve whatsoever um he's not even my representative anymore in fact but i i don't steve is a city employee so he's not gonna even if he wanted to support me yeah, he's in a tight spot. Yeah, he's in a tight spot, and he wouldn't be able to do that. And so, and and so, um, you know, Roger, and and, and you got two senators, and and so I plan to work with everybody, and I think that's important. So uh, we arranged this um, this time as a kind of a, a chance to talk about a number of things. So if you would kindly let me, I'll throw a few things at your way. I was in the company of a few, a couple of gentlemen last night. And we were talking about uh, the candidacy of uh, John Brian, and they both had a lot of enthusiasm in terms of what they thought your chances were of winning. As a matter of fact, both of them were confident that you were going to win uh, the uh, mayoral election on Tuesday. Are you that? Are you confident, or uh, are you cautious, or are you, um, you know, uh, running scared? No, I, I think <laughs> no. I'm certainly not running scared. Uh, I am. Uh, very optimistic. I believe that I'm going to win, and I believe I'm going to win because um, not so not so much because of me, but because of all the people around me. I mean, the, the the people that have come out in support of my campaign, that have been right there with me, that have been so dedicated uh, and so supportive. Uh, I I I will never be able to say how grateful I am to them. But to have that much positive energy around me working towards this goal of um, making this change at mayor. I think w when you have that much, that positivity and, and goodness around you, I don't see how, how you can lose. And I mean, we've, you know, the, the, the effort that we've put in has been amazing. And, you know, the walking that, that has been done throughout this city, I think is close to unprecedented, and uh, I think that effort is going to pay off, Roger. Dirty politics and smear tactics. I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, they've been used in this campaign, and I understand um, uh, from uh, some of your uh, your people that, um, that even though uh, you could retaliate with the same kind of tactics, that... Um, that A, uh, you, you, that was not the nature of your campaign, and B, a few of your supporters said you better not do it or we won't support you. That's right. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, there is. There is, because um, this could have been, from the beginning, you know, a, a, a bare-knuckles fight, but I never wanted that. And I've always been consistent, Roger, with the following, saying that, you know, I'm not running against anyone 
I'm running for mayor, and I think that's just such an important distinction. And I don't need to engage in smear tactics, and I don't need to engage in negativity uh, in order to sell myself and what I want to bring to the city and the change that I want to, um, I want to, you know, bring to the people of, of one socket. And I just think that you don't need to go down that road. And in fact, I think if anything that has helped this campaign, because when I was out, you know, there was a, a really bad, uh, flyer, a very negative flyer about me that came out, uh, couple weeks I think it was last week or whenever like I said the days all melt into one another but when it came out we were out last weekend Nicole and I and uh, people said to us we voted for the current mayor in the past but we just can't do it anymore not after that and that, that shows who she really is and people telling us the stories about the financial difficulties they had because of medical issues or their children having to move home because of bad divorces or jobs lost or the market crashing or it was just like story after story and it was like John you get it because you're human and um, and I think that that probably was a great payoff from all of that because people realize that they have someone who can really understand what they've gone through if you're just joining us, we're spending a half hour with John Brian running for mayor of the city of Woonsocket. However, I'm going to ask you a question about the city council. Because if uh, the two gentlemen I was speaking with are confident that you're going to be elected mayor, you need a city council <laughs> to carry out uh, the agenda, at least put it before them and have an, an open-minded city council so um, what, are you, what are you doing about uh, the council members? Are you um, act- actively uh, supporting them or, or what? I mean, I, I, we've put out uh, a mailer. We've had ads in the newspaper and to that effect, Roger, and that has been myself and the four incumbents, the ones I named earlier, and uh, former Councilman Gillette. I believe they will all be uh, good allies on the city council to work with but I, let, let me let me make this point that's my preference those are the people that I support um, but my goal is that no matter who is on the city council I will work with them and I will work collaboratively with them and I will make sure that uh, they understand what my priorities are and I will understand what their priorities are, and we will work to get there rather than working against. You know, the things that you, I can definitely guarantee you that will end is government by press release, um, not keeping the city council informed, not giving the city council information. And actually, I'd like to talk about that at some point, uh, giving the city council information. Uh, these are the things um, that will absolutely change. And so... Um, I think that that's what, you know, that's, that goes into integrity. That's leadership and integrity together because you have to be honest. You have to give them the information they want. You have to give anyone the information they want um, because it's all public information. This is all public business being done publicly or so it should be. So um, I could expound on that point about, about information if, if you think that's appropriate, Roger. Well, we have a few moments. Uh, you can spend some time on that, but I'm going to get to a segment of the program, you've heard of the song "If I Were a Rich Man," right? Right. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce a new segment in your program called "If I Were the Mayor," and I'm gonna ask you a few questions. If you were the mayor, what you'd do about certain situations? Okay. All right. But if you want to finish off on yeah, that council, so, yeah. So, you know, I go back to I've served with the counselors that uh, that I've talked about for the last four years, and uh, except Councilman Ward, that I, he came on. Um, in 18, uh, and so, or was it, yeah, yeah, in 18. So anyway, Councilman Knoyer in 2000, and uh, what's the, 2017, in the Valley Breeze, June 22nd, 2017, we were talking about the budget, and he was talking about his amendment, and he said, he said some of the decisions were based on the fact that he could not get answers to his questions about the budget from the administration in advance. Councilman Kenoya said, I will tell you, it's been like pulling teeth. I'm tired of not getting the information we need to run this city in an effective manner. 
Fast forward four years, Roger. You know, I talked on this station a few weeks ago about an ad that was put in uh, to the Valley Breeze in the back to business section, which was clearly in violation of uh, Title 17 uh, election offenses that said that uh, no elected official shall, shall permit uh, public funds being used uh, for any publication with his or her photograph. And there was an ad in the Valley Breeze put in with the current mayor's photograph talking about the economic, uh, the economic situation during the course of the pandemic. So I filed a complaint with the Board of Elections and John Ward asked Director Chamberlain to be provided with a copy of the voucher, the invoice, the purchase order, or any other documentation in regard with this ad that clearly broke the law. Uh-huh. So they, of course, treat it like an open records act, and they wait till the 10th day, mm-hmm. till John Ward has to say, hey, it's been 10 days, uh, I need this information. And wouldn't, you know, the legal department comes back and says, uh, the legal department is requesting a 20-day extension on this. And all it is, it's one invoice. It's one, it's one piece of paper. Uh-huh. Right, you're, you're looking for verification, but you do know, I mean, I know that that kind of ad is paid for with city funds. Right, right. <laughs> and it's illegal. So they put an illegal ad in the newspaper, and they refuse to give the city council the information as to how it was paid for, and they want to do it after the election. And that's just one example of so many examples of being misled, and the, the voters being misled, and the voters just flat out being lied to. And I think that that is such a problem. You know, we had, I talked last week about the folly of the stadium and uh, the, the proposed stadium and, and, and uh, Barry Field. And you then, just, isn't it ironic that a flyer came in uh, last week that says, when socket residents and student athletes will now enjoy a state-of-the-art complex. And on the other side, it says, uh, upon completion of Cass Park, the land at Barry Field will become available. And it says all of this will be done in collaboration with elected officials. Now, this makes it seem like it's a done deal, like this is happening, again, to mislead voters. Um, this is just, and, and it's supposed to be paid for with dirt. Uh, we're told that uh, just take the word of, of uh, a city employee that the money is there and that, you know, this is this is a done deal. However, Roger, I'm going to play for you something that I brought an audio clip. Oh, you did? I did, okay. And this is what's put out, what I just said to you. But don't take my word for it. Listen to theirs. Okay? I, we, I don't owe anybody anything. This is a concept that the mayor uh, uh, announced. A concept. And at the appropriate time... After the Bonham Bailey Circus election is over, okay, if I'm still here and I feel like collaborating on what I'm going to do, I will. So if it's a concept, that's not what's put out in this flyer. It's a not a concept. There's some serious backpedaling there. And then, uh, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't matter because, hey, if we could say or do anything to try to trick people into voting for us, right? And then, uh, and then we're told, if they want to collaborate... They will, if they feel like it. And that's, you know what, Roger? That's not how government runs, and I don't care what anybody says. So that those are the kinds of things that are coming to an end. I can promise you that. Those, I don't make a lot of campaign promises, Roger, but that's definitely one. So let's see how you'd react if you were the mayor. If I were the mayor, how would, um, so now you're, you're a mayor, how would you react to... Uh, a person who's been appointed to a committee to study uh, racial uh, injustice in the city having a political attack on police in the back while she is zooming in on an official meeting of that body. Would you as mayor uh, have done uh, anything? Would you have uh, called her out? The current mayor has not, incidentally. Uh, I would, I would call her out, and I would call for her removal from the board. I mean, it's that simple. It does, it's not rocket science. I mean, it's, it's obviously if the goal, there's, you're supposed to go into this with an open mind, and there's obviously a certain bias. Um, and I would start by uh, asking the counselor who, uh, who, who had recommended that individual to ask for the resignation. That's how I would start. I would, I would go to the counselor 
uh, who made the recommendation and say, can you do this? Um, I think it's in the best interest of the board. I think it's in the best interest of the city. Uh, and we're, we're working here to try to change the city's image. Uh, and that's not helping. If I were the mayor, I would uh, not hire an economic development uh, director per se. Did I hear you say something along those lines in the debate, or do you have a, a different plan for a city of this size in terms of economic development? No, if I was mayor, I would not hire an economic development director. I think uh, the, you know, the, the economic development director can be the mayor, but I think you also have to go out and you have to recruit businesses and you have to go to them. You have to have the self-confidence and the ability to leave your office and uh, not be accompanied by the police chief or the fire chief everywhere you go. And you have to be able to go places to where people work, not summon them uh, to your building so that you know you can feel confident when they arrive. That's not how it works. I would definitely go out there and be aggressive. If I were the mayor, I would have a bodyguard with me all, all day long as I make my way around the city of Woonsocket. Uh, absolutely false. There is no need for a bodyguard. There is no need for public safety to be with me. There is no need for me to be accompanied anywhere I go. The only accompaniment, accompaniment I would need, or I like, is to have Nicole with me. Uh, but other than that, I'm a big boy, and I can handle myself around. Look, you can't lead and serve the people of your city if you need to be protected from them. And it shows you really don't want to be around them. You don't really want to connect with them. You want to have a presence to show that you are different than them. And that's a problem. And so, no, I would not need a bodyguard. If I uh, were the mayor of Woonsocket, I would have had solar panels uh, working two years ago. Uh, that plan would there would be construction going on. You know, I proposed a solar plan that went through the city council was approved in June of 2019. That absolutely nothing uh, has been done with that plan. In fact, uh, the current mayor herself said that you know nothing's going to happen with that plan because you know John Brand's name is on it and. Um, people should know that that's 20 million over 25 years in savings uh, and revenue to you. But petty politics, as usual, has held us back, just like it held us back in the middle school, just like it holds us back in so many places. If I were the mayor, I'd have to do something about the mayoral academy. Since it's a mayoral academy, would you keep it? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't shut it down. You can't, you can't shut the, the ride. You can't shut down a charter school. Only ride can do that. Uh -huh. um, and as long as there's $1 uh, of taxpayer money and one student going into uh, Rise Merrill Academy, um, I would be supportive of the academy. So um, I am totally opposed to the illegal manner in which they place themselves there. Uh, that's why we're in the Supreme Court. Uh, if I was mayor, that building would never have been taken off the tax rolls and illegally converted into a charter school. And if I were mayor, this is my final uh, question, uh, I would uh, be able to find a public works director to carry on all the uh, important functions of public works in the city of Woonsocket, or is Steve D'Agostino like Un irreplaceable. Nobody is irreplaceable. I'm not saying that I'm looking to I'm looking to replace him or anybody else after Tuesday. Uh, one, you know, but all I'm saying is, if somebody holds himself out as irreplaceable, I think that's at their own peril. Because I've learned, you've learned, and everybody in this lifetime has learned, Roger, that nobody is irreplaceable. So, do I, you will be revisiting us um, uh, next week, and we'll be having more conversations uh, yes. uh, the day before election. How much time do I have left, Roger? You will be here Monday Yes, at um, on the program, and you will uh, be here um, Tuesday. And uh, uh, the time uh, slot you will be at is 9 o'clock. That's day. correct. Monday at 9 and Tuesday at 9. Uh, so... It's the weekend. We got a little bit of snow in front of us, and we're going to close out with uh, one of your um, your radio advertisements. And uh, so the ad we're going to close out with is uh, is Nicole Brian speaking uh, on behalf of you. Am I out of time here, Roger? Wait, wait, you have about a couple of minutes before we play Nicole's okay. ad. Okay. All right. Well, what a way to end it, because you know the the leave the best for last, I suppose, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, but one thing I do want to bring to your attention, Roger, and the voters, and it's really, this is extremely important. 
uh, we on October 5th, we passed a resolution uh, allowing the board of um, canvassers into the city hall. They'll set themselves up in a way that they believe they can come and go as they please, as they deem fit. Uh, I need the voters to understand that they're still being denied access to city hall. That notwithstanding, we have a presidential election, we have early voting, we have we're going to have high turnout. Uh, the current mayor is being is telling the board uh, and using public safety as cover that they need to have a COVID test before coming into the building, which is nonsense. Uh, the employees don't need to be COVID tested. They're not COVID tested weekly. They're not COVID tested uh, monthly, uh, but they are being told the board of canvassers they can't come in until they have a COVID test. It's Friday. The election is Tuesday. There's no guarantee of any results whatsoever. Um, and understand this current mayor and this administration are playing politics with this election and the integrity of this election. So the voters need to know that your board of canvassers are not being allowed into your building, City Hall. And this is an incredibly important issue. Um, I have a real problem with it. And, uh, I, and, and I think that everybody else listening should have a, uh, should have a problem with it. So in any event, Roger, that's uh, what I need the people to know and, and call City Hall today. Find out why the board isn't being allowed in because this is, as usual, uh, petty politics over sound public policy. But this is how we get here, and uh, this is the kind of thing that I can assure you is going to end. The politics will be removed from the board of canvases. The politics will be removed from public safety. Um, these are all the things that hold us back, and we have such an opportunity to make such a positive change this coming Tuesday. And I truly believe that this is what the people of Woonsocket want, and I truly believe that they will. Thank you, John, and uh, we'll finish off with Nicole. Hi, this is Nicole Brian. I'll bet you wish this was an advertisement for a local laundromat, a local hardware store, or a restaurant. Well, it's not. As you are aware, it is political season, and that means, yet again, another political ad. Anyone who knows me will tell you how much I dislike politics. So let's get through this commercial together. I am asking you to support my husband, John Brian, for mayor. John is not interested in the political agendas that have held our city back. John is always willing to listen learn, and work with anyone who will put our city first as he strives to make Woonsocket a better place to live, work, and visit. As someone who is invested in our community, I am asking you to please support the candidate who I know has Woonsocket's best interest at heart. Please vote for John Brian as our next mayor of the city of Woonsocket. Paid for, friends of John Brian. Hello, this is State Representative Steve Casey from District 50, thanking you for your continued support over the years as your representative at the State House. Election Day is also coming on November 3rd. Please make sure your voice is heard. Whether you vote by mail or in person, your vote is needed in the ballot box. I wish you a safe and happy fall season, and I look forward to your support again on November 3rd. Thank you. Paid for Friends of Steve Casey. Congressman David Cicilline works hard for Rhode Island. David helped secure more than a billion dollars in COVID relief funding for our state. Endorsed by the Alliance for Retired Americans, David is fighting to drive down prescription drug costs. He's assisted thousands cutting through red tape and access their Social Security, Medicare, and Veterans benefits. Vote early at your city or town hall or in person at the polls on Election Day, Tuesday, November 3rd. David Cicilline, he's working hard for Rhode Island. I'm David Cicilline, and I approve this message. Paid for by the Cicilline Committee. Donald G. Burke, present vice chairman of the Woonsocket School Committee, asked for your vote again in the upcoming election. Two years ago, the voters of Woonsocket returned Burke to the newly elected school committee after he spent three years on the appointed board. The voters believed Burke had done a great job and wanted him to continue to be an advocate for the children of Woonsocket. Now he asked the voters again to return him to the committee for another two-year term. As an educator of 45 years, Burke understands well the big picture of education and the great need to create policies and programs which focus on enhancing the education of our children in Woonsocket. As chairman of the Health and Wellness Committee and member of the Policy, Technology, Finance and Facilities Committees, Burke has been faithfully devoted to his role and work as a school committee member. He loved his work as a classroom teacher and enjoys the role of being a teacher of sorts to the 6,000 students as a Woonsocket school committee member. 
Though the school committee race is not a contested election this year, Burke still seeks your vote to affirm your belief and trust in him for the work he has done for the students of Woonsocket. Paid for, campaign for Donald G. Burke. And good morning, everybody, and we move into our uh, second segment of the Upfront program. And uh, these segments uh, have been purchased, and that will uh, include uh, Monday and Tuesday by uh, various um, individuals in the community seeking political office. And the next uh, 30 minutes has been purchased by Progress Over Politics Committee, and we have the three candidates, uh, representative of that um, of that slate, uh, David Susi, Garrett Mansuri, and Margot Morrisow in studio with us, and they're all here and ready to go. Now, we've got this uh, formatted in such a way that uh, we know exactly where the program is uh, going, and so we're going to have an intro uh, from uh, David um, Susi, first of all, and he'll speak for uh, three minutes, and he'll speak about uh, why he is running for re-election. David, welcome back to our microphone. Thank you, Roger, and thanks for having us. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, as always. Um, it, so for folks out there that may not know who I am, I'm, I'm David Susi. I uh, was born and raised here in the, in the city of Woonsocket. Uh, spent my whole life here. I've never actually moved away. So um, went to the to, to both private schools and public schools here in town. I graduated uh, from Woonsocket High School uh, in 1979. Um, went on to Ravelin College where I earned my uh, bachelor's degree in uh, business uh, management. Um, right out of college, I had other. I thought I was going to be a restaurateur, Roger. I thought I'd I'd uh, I'd uh, I'd follow a, a cousin of mine, Marcel Dezonia, who was a, a famous chef. Um, but the calling of the family business uh, was very strong and uh, ended up, um, I needed a job, number one, and I ended up working, which I thought was going to be a short, a short term uh, at the Susie Insurance Agency, a family business. Um, I was a third generation uh, person to work there. And 35 years later, I was still there. So it, it certainly I, I created a, a life there and a, and, a, and a career in insurance. Uh, in that time frame, I, I, I was married. Uh, I have two sons, uh, 26 and 23, and I'm uh, very proud of them as well. So, and also got involved in the community. Uh, you know, I, my first real thing of, of being involved was with the Rotary Club in Woonsocket. I was still a relatively young man, uh, and it's been over 30 years now with Rotary, uh, having served as president uh, in, that, in that club as well as you are right now. And, uh, um, and getting involved with a lot of stuff. The YMCA, it was on the, on the library board. Um, so just... Stayed active, and I think that was the. I just felt that was the right thing to do, um, and uh, and ultimately, after I did uh, end up uh, selling my, the, the the agency uh, a couple of years back, I think it was, it opened my mind up to the potential of uh, maybe running, uh, running for office, and uh, and I did, and I was successful a couple of years back, and uh, and why am I running again? You know, because you know people like Garrett and, and Margot uh, here uh, really have uh, instilled in me a new a new want to to see Woonsocket do better and uh, the potential of Woonsocket. It, to me, is always staring right at us, and I think if we can ever all get on the same page, um, you know, the potential is still great, uh, and it's because of that that I that I that I push forward, and I'm, I'm looking really really looking forward uh, to this to the election and, and working with folks like Margot and Garrett, uh, and maybe some some others. But we'll work with anybody, and again, anybody who's mayor, we'll work with them as well, because uh, I think the potential is real, and we have to work at it. David Susi, thank you. And now we're going to spend a few minutes uh, with Garrett Mansuri. And he has the microphone. Good morning, everybody. So I know I've been on WNRI a few times over the past uh, 10 years from when I first ran for office, but I'm 36 now and a commercial residential real estate agent. I'm actually excited to be launching my own firm now uh, called Mansuri Real Estate very soon, so I'm excited about that. And um, also just been involved in a bunch of different committees from the downtown Monsaka Collaborative to OnFest to many other committees that I really have uh, really have been great for my life. It's really brought a lot of great people into my life and really allowed me to make a good contribution to, to my city and my community. Um, I was fortunate to be elected in 2013 for three years, and we worked really hard in those three years uh, to really bring back some fiscal stability to the city uh, and also just make some key investments that really put Winsocket on a better path forward. So uh, this time I'm excited to run with uh, David and Margo. They're two of my good friends. I know that their heart is in the right place, and that's why I decided to put my name alongside with them to try to, you know, just make a change for the, for the council and to try to get back to more legislative work, um, actually get more involved in the community, make sure that they feel represented. And I think our, our program and our platform is really going to make that happen for people. So we're really excited to get your vote uh, this year. 
Thank you, Garrett Manseri. And now the microphone goes to Margot Morisot, and she's going to speak a few minutes about uh, her and why she is in this race. Thank you so much, Roger. Uh, my name is Margot Morisot, and I am originally from Woonsocket, and for most of my life I've either lived in Woonsocket or worked in Woonsocket, but I officially moved back to Woonsocket in 2018. Um, it's been really fun out on the campaign trail, uh, meeting people and saying, "Which who are you related to? Which Morriso? Um, we actually got a comment this morning. It was It's kind of fun, the memory lane of meeting people out in the community. Um, but my work at Naval Works Blackstone River Valley for 16 years has really instilled um, in me a passion to keep pushing Woonsocket forward. Um, I've been able to work on some really great initiatives in the city. I'm on the board of the Downtown Woonsocket Collaborative. I'm the co-organizer of the Levitt Amp Music Series um, on the Health and Wellness Committee for the School Department. And there's nothing but potential here. You look at our downtown Main Street and you see beautiful architecture. You get out into our communities and you see the amazing connectiveness that we all have here. Um, so we have we have this beautiful landscape along this river. And I keep seeing this potential. And I want to make sure that everybody is working together, that everybody is bringing good ideas to the table, and that everybody is supporting each other to really put those good ideas into place. I think that there's been a lot of um, stalling in the past couple of years. We've definitely gotten a lot of good things accomplished, but there's been some things that have really um, taken a little bit longer than they should. A little, you know, and that happens in government. But I think when we have a city council that's working together and that's working together with the mayor, that this city will really be ready for its next uh, its next journey and and really will be an attractive place for families to live and invest and grow here thank you mago Morisot. now we're going to uh, shift back to uh, garrett manseri and he's going to speak for a few moments about uh, when socket city council passed actions and in looking at the outline here they haven't always been in the best interest of <laughs> of the city of Woonsocket. so uh, uh garrett uh, take some time to uh, speak to that Sure. So before we talk about the future, which is our platform, which we hope to bring to the city council, I thought it was important to remind voters before they go and vote um, what happened in the past, because sometimes the past decisions really should be part of people's record and that doesn't always come out in a, in a political campaign. So we wanted to just remind people about some things that weren't done in the best interest of the taxpayers as well, too. So there hasn't been much talk about the $90 million pension bond this year. But um, it is the only bond that the city has that we can't pay off early, that we also cannot refinance, uh, has the highest interest rate of all the bonds that we have at over 6%, and it's a yearly payment of $3.2 million every single year with $63 million left to go. And after the money runs out, we're going to go to pay as you go. So that, that what, to me, you know, it might have had good intentions when it was first uh, launched, but it really is going to have a big impact on taxpayers go going forward. Um, the second thing I wanted to bring up was the $11.5 million deficit reduction bond, which fortunately we were enough to pay off now. But um, the interesting thing about that is that it's actually illegal, according to our charter, to have a deficit. So we shouldn't have had one in one year, never mind multiple years. Um, and we also had to pay $3 million of interest just on top of those deficits. Um, same thing with taking out a $12 million bond for, to pave roads. I mean, as you can see, for the last couple of years, we've paved our own roads and we put the money in the budget. So we didn't have to spend millions and millions of dollars on interest, which, again, is not in the best interest of, of the taxpayers. Uh, getting back to the investment board, you know, something that I tried to do when I was on the council the first time was we met with other boards. We met with the school committee. We met with the investment board. We attended their meetings. And there really hasn't been much of that in the last couple of years. And that's really unfortunate, I think. Um, and the last thing I want to bring up is legal fees. And this has always uh, been a pet peeve of mine. You know, I, I hate spending money on legal fees that really don't result in anything. And if you look at the over $100,000 that we spent on uh, a lawsuit with a charter school or similar money that we spent fighting a supplemental tax bill also resulting in nothing, um, and even a couple thousand dollars on a city clerk investigation, you know, that's all money that we could have spent elsewhere, that we could have spent, you know, improving our community instead of just giving it to law firms. 
So uh, now I guess we can get into the platform, but I just wanted to remind voters of those things before they go out and vote. If you're just joining us here on WNRI, we're doing an interview with the uh, candidates representing Progress Over uh, Politics platform, and they are David Susi, Garrett Manseri, Margot Morisot. And now we are moving on to the platform. Um, as uh, described here, real tangible results for people, less talk and more action. So under economic development, we're going to turn to Dave Susi first, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about uh, one of the departments, planning and development. Yeah, one of you know something near and dear to my heart, and uh, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate that in my time on the, the, the council the last couple of years, you know, planning development is uh, is really I, in my you know from my business background and, and the life that I led is probably it should be the the most important or at least one of the most important departments that we have here in the city of Woonsocket. It's really that uh, it's that it's where all the ideas should stem from. It's where that outreach should take place from. Um, and I think, sadly, in my again, in my 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 opinion, anyway, um, the last couple of years we've we've, we've neglected th- this department. Um, uh, coupled with the fact that we haven't had a permanent director in, in, in quite some time, uh, we've had a, a number of them, and and so forth. That has to change. I think moving forward, we we certainly need the right person in that in that job. We have a good person now, but whether they're permanent or not, it's always we, we don't know. Um, but. The, the last budget, and the reason why I couldn't vote for the budget that was just passed this year is because they actually, at the last minute, um, cut a significant amount of money from planning and development, uh, which, which, again, in, in my mind, I just could not conceive of. And at a time when we should be actually investing more in that department, in my opinion, uh, not so much, not raise taxes, but actually move funds and available funds to, to that department so that we can get the right people in place, get the resources we need to do the outreach. It's, you know, facilitating uh, outside investors that want to come into this city, work, making, helping them work with the uh, existing uh, property owners, especially on the Main Street area where some of these landlords have been negligent uh, in many ways. Uh, but if we can have the resources to sit these people down, find the outside people that might want to talk to them, uh, take advantage of uh, the, uh, what's that program called, uh, the Opportunity Zones here in, 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 that was created in the last uh, tax break. Um, uh, you know, people could invest here and save uh, instead of paying their, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the tax that they would normally pay on their in- investment. Uh, that could be, could be waived if they invest uh, in these, these zones that, uh, that, need, that need assistance. Um, whatever it might be, but you need people to do that. You need follow-up. You need people to make the phone calls and, and, and sit with them, uh, explain the tools that are available. And, I, and again, I'm, I'm not sure if we're doing that. And we certainly haven't done it long-term and consistently. Uh, and when that happens, I, I really believe there'll be a big change. But we can't be at the last minute, uh, you know, making uh, uh, cuts to, to the departments like the Planning and Development Department which is our economic development department. Uh, otherwise, I think we're just going to stay in the, in, in the same situation that we find ourselves in year after year. Um, so, you know, that's pretty mm-hmm. much it for me on that. Margot, can you pick up on economic development from your point of view? Absolutely. Uh, Dave had mentioned something that I think is uh, one of the strengths that our team brings to the table is that we all have business degrees um, and we all bring with us small business Um, experience. We've all owned small businesses. And having that experience um, and having the ability to run the city and approach the city operations like a business, I think, is very important for looking through, from looking through budgets to thinking about uh, our vision and our growth plan. Um, But one of the things that I've been able to do in my career is work with a lot of new entrepreneurs, people starting up businesses, um, and right now through the Mill Race Kitchen, here we are working with 32 small uh, food vendors, uh, food businesses. And so far out of the kitchen, we've had eight businesses grow to open up storefronts. None of those businesses opened their storefronts in Winsocket, even though they were all working out of Winsocket. And a lot of those businesses, it's because they experienced um, difficulties when getting licenses and permits and just did not feel like our city was being as helpful as it could be. And to me, that's something that we need to change desperately. Uh, our city needs to be able to put permits online, online uh, make permits in business, uh, uh, whatever they need for variances through, um, or, or certain permits that apply to different food businesses, because it gets a little confusing. There's different classes, 
but if it was all online where people could easily read what they needed to apply for, I think it would make it a lot easier for businesses to come to our city. And then also to try, try and figure out what are good available spaces for businesses. We don't have an accurate inventory of all of the available business spaces in Woonsocket. And a lot of the spaces that we do have need a lot of infrastructure um, and improvement. So we don't have fire alarms uh, or sprinkler systems. We don't have handicap accessibility. So all those things need to be fixed in order for businesses want to want to invest because a lot of small businesses don't have that kind of money when they're first starting. So to really make, out, make it easy for businesses to be here, to attract them to our city, and to also work with big businesses. We have Diamond Hill Plaza, which people are very upset about when I've gone out and talked in the community, that we have these empty storefronts. And what can we do to make sure that we're communicating with potential businesses, bringing them into the city, um, and letting them know that we're here and ready to work with them. And Garrett, uh, on the uh, business uh, platform end of uh, progress over politics, mm -hmm. what's your uh, comments about um, opening a business? Yeah, so obviously that's something I'm familiar with. I've helped a lot of businesses open in, in the city and elsewhere, and I just feel like the process is, is too long and there's not enough staff and, and facilities to help them. So typically if you want to open up a business, you go have a meeting with the city, you then try to go to planning and find out that there's no one really there to go out and look at the buildings with you. So you have to go find a location on your own and submit the offer. Then you have to go back to planning, check on the zoning. Then you have to go to the inspection department to find out what needs to be done. Then you need to go to the fire department, uh, find out what needs to be done. Then you have to go to the assessor's office, make sure that there's no back taxes or the assessment's correct. Then you have to go to the water department and make sure that the water and sewer bills are paid off. Then you need to go to the city clerk's office to find out what licenses you need. Then you might have to hire a lawyer, go through a zoning variance process. You have to wait for advertising. Then you finally can get approved. Then you need to go back to water and sewer, get things back on. Uh, then you need to go to the inspection department, go to the fire department again. <laughs> um, and then you have to go get a license. And then you have to wait three weeks for advertising. Then you have to get it passed at a council meeting. So, I mean, I'm tired just saying those things, never mind doing them. So the, that's the kind of thing that we need to change in, in the city of Woonsocket and make it as simple and easy as possible. We're going to shift uh, gears here uh, on the platform and move to education, and we'll get a chance to hear from David, Margot, and Garrett on that. We'll begin with you, David, because of uh, you're the senior member of this group. Boy, right? I, All right. uh, so boy, this is, uh, I didn't say it. Right. No, this is seniority, right? <laughs> uh, right. right. That's why they it's call it a good it way. A good seniority. Way. Anyway, on education, uh, David um, Susi, uh, part of this uh, Progress Over Politics platform, uh, where, uh, where do you come from? Yeah, I come from here, Roger. I was born and <laughs> you know, education. We we it's often spoken spoken of uh, in many different uh, in areas and so forth. But education is so vital and so key to any any successful community, right? Uh, people seek out education systems uh, to to move, you know raise the, to bring their families if they're looking to, to move somewhere. But at the same token, the businesses look for for strong and vibrant education systems because they know that they'll, they'll be pulling from a, a well educated uh, community for for workers and helpers, and it's just it helps that, that their image. Um, and I think with soccer, we're, we're fortunate for what we have. We I think we we have a we have you know a good system in place. It's just that it's like like a lot of systems, and especially from uh, urban communities, uh, we struggle. We struggle with with, with the, the right funding, um, and uh, it, it's 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 year after year with that that same kind of thing. And I think we need to, to, to try to move beyond that. And I think all of us agree that you know we are we have this this idea of economic development because it's about growth. Um, you know, without growth, without that, without newfound revenues, you end up, and again, you know, kudos to the, this administration and other administrations that work within the, the, the monies that they have available. I think we get a lot done, but there's so much more to that we could get done. And, and, and I think with growth, we can certainly um, take some of that growth funds and, uh, and, and, and put it towards our education system in, in meaningful ways. I think Garrett might have hit about, you know, sitting with, with boards, you know, the council, while we're not the school committee and we don't have control of, of what they do, we certainly should be sitting together, uh, uh, you know, regularly, either quarterly, and just discussing our mutual ideas about where we want to see the city go. It's so vital, uh, and uh, you know, there should be no, uh, no no qualms about sitting with them and, and talking and, and and working things out over time and uh, seeing where we can find 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 new investments uh, and what we need to do to get there. And, and Margot, what are your thoughts on education? 
This is an issue that I'm pretty passionate about. Um, since working at NeighborWorks uh, for the past 16 years, I've been I've been overseeing all of our youth programs. So I oversee, it's called College Ready Communities, and we're working with youth from kindergarten through college to make sure that they're ready for college. And it's very important in a low-income, uh, usually first-generation community to make sure that students have that extra support. But what we found is that the students that we work with, 94% of them go to college. And this blows away the statistics for the city. Um, and it's not because um, you know our schools are doing a terrible job. It's because they don't have all the resources that they need to function properly. Um, our students in Winsocket don't have books. Um, there's not enough money in the system to make sure that everybody has books. And I don't know about you, but I would go to school and bring my books home and have to refer back to the textbooks or or even if it was an online platform for a book to be able to um, r remind myself what the teacher taught me during the day. That was just the way my brain works. I can't imagine doing homework without that resource. Um, the other thing is, is that our school, our high school doesn't have enough money in it to make sure that every single one of our students has two years of foreign language. Every college in the country requires two years of foreign language in order to be accepted to it. So we're graduating students from our high school that automatically are not eligible for college. And to me, that needs to change. And I'm not saying that every child is college, wants to go to college, but every child should be ready for college. And we really owe that to our students. And I've tried to work with the school administration multiple times to address these issues. Um, and it just comes down to money. There's not enough money in our school system. And so when we look at trying to grow in socket, we know that education is so important for the businesses to want to be here, for homeowners to want to invest here. Um, young couples are not going to want to buy a house in Winsocket if our school system isn't performing uh, properly. So when we look at how we can support the schools as a city council, it's really about figuring out how to fund them properly. And I'm not saying raise taxes at all. In fact, what I always talk about is instead of fighting over the same piece of the pie, we need to make the whole pie bigger. And that's why I think our platform of economic development and education really dovetails so nicely together. Um, because we can, as we grow our, economic our economy and work on economic development, we will have more tax dollars coming into the city. I served on, um, previously to moving back to Winsocket, I had lived in Situate, and I served on the budget committee in Situate and have a lot of experience in, in city budgets from working on that budget committee. And we talked a lot about percentage-based budgeting, and as our pie grows, as we get more money into our city, the percentage of how much money we allocate to the schools needs to grow. So that's really something that I, I would love to focus on as a city council member. And Garrett tells me that a lot of the points that uh, the two of you covered are covered under education. So we're going to move on to uh, the next segment, unless you uh, want to say something. Yeah, I'll do the last one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to talk about uh, inclusive and transparent government. And I'll tell you, everybody, uh, no matter what the campaign is, uh, national or state or uh, local, everybody talks about this issue. And so... Uh, Garrett, how are you going to uh, handle this uh, on your platform, Progress Over Politics? Yeah, so this part of the platform really came from community feedback. This is what, you know, people wanted to see. So they spoke to us about our city boards to be more reflective of what our actual population is in our community. You know, they want to see the diversity, different backgrounds, different cultures represented there because it brings a different perspective to, to um, just the overall decision making for those boards. We're also going to really engage those neighborhoods and make sure that every single neighborhood feels that they're included and more involved in the city government. Um, even though we might particularly live in a, in a neighborhood, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be out in another neighborhood finding out what's going on in their particular uh, neighborhood. You know, whether it be roads need need addressing or the schools need addressing, you know, we should be reflective of everybody. It's, it's a bit of a challenge to be an at-large council member because there's a lot of people out there, but we need to just make sure that we represent everybody that lives in the city. Um, and the last thing that we want to talk about is a new budget process. So um, we haven't been a fan of the way that the budget process goes now, where the mayor proposes it, the council decides you know, what, what it's going to be behind the scenes, and then they bring forward for a big vote with five votes. You know, that's not the way that it should be. 
Um, it should be public discussion. You know, the mayor should be presenting that budget um, to the public. Public should be understanding it. Um, and then we should be having a work session about the budget uh, for the public to see. And then those council amendments should be posted on the agenda so that people can actually comment on the amendments. So I think that process will be more transparent and more and just get more people involved in city government. Well, we have uh, about four and a half minutes uh, left. And so uh, we're going to talk about the progress over politics, uh, I guess, agenda. And Garrett, I'm going to let you kind of uh, lead that discussion in the remaining time uh, so that uh, you can bring all your candidates together here. Sure. So I'll kick it off and they can add whatever I left out. Sure. But, you know, we decided on that sl a slogan because I think it really represented what we want to do. You know, we want to bring the council back to, to business, back to focus on actually getting things done. And if you ever watch a council meeting, you see that there's a lot of talk going on. There's a lot of discussion about this and about that. But um, we want to actually draw up legislation. We want to get back to the, the business that we're supposed to be doing. Um, and actually engaging people. You know, I think hearing other people is more important than hearing ourselves. So you're not going to see, you know, 20 minutes of conversation from either one of us at every single council meeting because that's not, that's not the point of it. You know, people, people watch city council meetings because they want to see the government functioning. They want to see the government actually doing things that make a difference in their life. You know, when I, when I was there on the council, I always worked on legislation. I, I always worked on legislation uh, to the city solicitor's default. I mean, he, he said, you know, you're always in my office. And I said, yeah, because that's my job. I mean, I'm, I, I want to work on legislation. So I'll let David Margot comment, but I think it really fit, you know, the slogan that we wanted to give mm -hmm. out. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dovetail on that a little bit. Uh, Garrett is a, is, he is a, a you know, um, he's a policy geek is that is that a good term maybe <laughs> um but uh garrett actually when he was on the council created this uh, subcommittee uh that ended up actually putting together the overlay district right uh, the, the uh it was myself and a, and a number of the outside people that weren't on the council but garrett's heart is there he, he really does you know he and that is work meaning that it's not everybody's cup of tea to go in and and, and deep dive on uh, putting legislation together but garrett's certainly one of those um and at the end of the day you need that to to, to get things get things done um the uh, progress of a politics i think it's 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 right to the point meaning that what we do should not be about about us but the, as but should be about the community as a whole what, what's the best thing what's the best outcome for the community above any petty stuff that we might find ourselves uh, uh in, involved with uh day to day uh at the end of the day it's the city's uh, progress that's important and it should take precedence over anything else and Margo, uh, what do you think uh, progress over politics means for you? I think Dave really summed it up well. It's about making sure that we're putting our own politics aside, our own biases aside, and really listening to the community. Um, you know, we, the community has given us such great feedback on the campaign trail. Um, people give us great ideas of how they think the city should grow and what our future should look like. And really working together and knowing that Everybody on the council, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, is there because they love Winsocket and because they want to give back to the city of Winsocket. And we're there to amplify the voice of the community. So just knowing that it's not worth fighting up in the front um, at the city council meetings. It's more about let's have a discussion. Let's work on bringing our city together. Let's work on moving ideas forward. Um, so working together, no matter who we are, listening respective respectfully to each other's uh, opinions and then moving forward we need to make progress well it's almost election day we have about a minute left and uh, is there anything uh, that anybody can do to uh, help uh, these three candidates uh, go over the top absolutely we always need help especially on election day so if you want to help uh, there's actually a form on our website uh, it's www.pop the number four one socket.com and if you go on there, there's a volunteer tab, and you can sign up that way. Or if you want, you can just call me directly at 401-651-1519. We'd love for people to help us, help us out. And even if you want to just give us a call or send us an email uh, with feedback, we always love to hear that, too. David Susi, thank yeah. you. Well, thank you, Roger. Margo Morrison, thank you. Thank you. Garrett Minseri, thank you. Thank you, Roger. And don't forget to be here Monday morning for the Autumn Fest Roaring. <laughs> maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. I'll talk to you about that. <laughs> okay, maybe we got a winner. Thank you, Progress Over uh, Politics uh, candidates for joining us here on WNRI. And this concludes uh, this uh, paid interview. And thank you very much uh, for uh, all the things that you shared with our audience today. Thank, thank you, Roger. Thank you. Thank you. All right to vote was hard won. 
It took centuries of struggle to establish this right. As Election Day approaches November 3rd, I encourage you to vote. We build our democracy with votes. Through our votes, we express what we as citizens think is in our collective interest. We empower officials to act in our name to promote these interests. It's the power of the vote that keeps our elected officials accountable. Each person's vote makes our democracy more representative of the will of its citizens. In close local elections, a small number of votes can be decisive. As a citizen, it is essential for you to vote this November on the basis of your informed views about those candidates who offer the best public interest responses. Paid for, Roger Pickard, Senate District 20, Democrat, Socket, Cumberland.